It's it's like it's the new us. Uh, we're actually on time for once and uh, semi-organized. That's wild. Yeah. Loving the music. Wondering, though, uh, as it's playing, is it uh, more of like, you know, a lead-up kind of intro? Is it the happening music or is it the aftercare music? I kind of felt like it was maybe aftercare, kind of like a wind-down, kind of mm -hmm. like, you know. That was nice. That's chill. Yeah. I just thought it was funky like us. It is. So that's yeah. why I chose it. So for hopefully sure. it works. So yeah. Welcome to it's the like Let's smooth. Talk Polyamory podcast. All right. So in this episode today, we are exploring the challenges of jealousy and the intoxicating allure of new relationship energy Sweet. in consensually non-monogamous relationships. Mm -hmm. And we're going to unpack strategies and tools on how you can use open communication to navigate these uncharted waters mm -hmm. maybe for yourself. So. Chock, chock full of stuff. There's a lot of content today, chock as usual. full of content yeah. today. So, it's, full of, it's full of something. <laughs> full of something. So for those of you who are new to watching us, I'm Tara Lynn Franco. I am a relationship mm -hmm. and awesomeness coach, and I specialize in helping individuals and couples navigate consensual non-monogamy. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You are awesome, and you're an <laughs> awesomeness coach, and I am Andre Turcott. I'm a sex-positive registered psychotherapist. Yay. Awesome. All right. Yeah. And so together, we're the co-founders of this Let's Talk Polyamory podcast, as well as our Let's Talk Polyamory online mm -hmm. community, which we started in Facebook, I think, like three hours from, three hours, three years from the time of recording this podcast. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Three years, huh? Yeah. It feels like three hours? <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes it feels like 300 years. Yeah. yeah. Well, we started the group because it was our passion to help um, couples open. And, you know, and we also like the idea of talking about everything. And mm. so that's, you know, we, that's what we wanted to do. So, yeah, we always say, uh, just say everything, right? It's just say uh, everything. And, you know, because it comes also, I think, on the heels of consideration of you are only as sick as your secrets. Exactly. So if you can say everything, uh, you're releasing yourself from the binds of uh, those secrecies, the exactly. secrets. The secrets. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So everything. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So today's um, topic is combating jealousy and NRE and polyamory through awesome communication. So we're going to share our experiences and practical advice on doing this mm -hmm. as it relates to jealousy and NRE. So let's jump in. Yeah, let's do it. Let's I'm do just it. thinking back to when we first opened up uh, our relationship yes. and actually told the, the, the origin story to one of my best friends uh, here. She was asking <laughs> yeah, how origins. we actually met and then how we actually got into consensual non-monogamy, which we won't go into uh, right now. But I like that it's it, like the folklore has developed a name, the origin story. The origin story. Our genesis. Yes. Yeah, so if you listen to other trainings that we have on in our group or on YouTube, um, you'll you'll you can probably hear that origin story, which is super fun. It is it is kind of cute. It was a nice way to kind of like fall gently into it, right? Yeah. But then uh, in hindsight we came to recognize uh, some of the things that we were doing were wonderful and some of the things were uh, maybe not quite as we would have done them today, right? But you know hindsight is everything experience and wisdom knowledge I mean that is you know priceless. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. It's so good, it's good to recognize. Oh right? yeah, recognize for sure. Say, for ah, sure. We could have, we sidestepped there. Yeah. Yeah. It's been quite a journey and that's part mm. of why we we're doing what we're doing. Cause we want to help you sidestep those yeah. like poly newbie mistakes, which is why the name of our digital course is called uh, poly newbie. I just thought it, what? we, we stepped in poo so you don't have to. 
Should that be our tagline? <laughs> I don't know about that, but we'll, we'll send it to the boys in marketing and girls in marketing. Okay. Yeah. Well, when we, you probably remember when we started, when we opened our relationship up and started introducing others into our relationship, the first thing we did was, I think what commonly people do is they open it up to a third. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was one of the first things we did, one of our first experiences, mm-hmm. which I mean, looking back now, um, you know, you might say it was unicorn hunting, although I feel, and we've got a whole episode on that. If you right, want to know right, more right, about right. unicorn hunting. The controversy of it. Cause I, some people say it's the most horrific thing. And other people say, well, go at it because some people want to be unicorns. They want to be invited that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd like to believe that the people, um, that no, no, the people that we connected with were consenting to the arrangements that we sought out and Mm -hmm. actually those people we still are in connection with them too so i think we probably did we were rather transparent about it okay except for one particular person and that's the kind of the story i'm going to share today um so one of the people that we first got together with and you know hindsight's 2020 but we got together with this person. They seemed really cool. We hung they out. They came. They came. Yeah. Still cool. It's still cool. Yeah. They came to our place, your place, and mm-hmm. we hung out. And then a decision was made for them to stay over. And I think what was interesting about this was that we really we sort of talked about it briefly, but it's not something we had talked about before. No. And so in the moment, it seemed okay. But then what I didn't realize was that uh, I it was one of my first experiences of jealousy mm-hmm. up until that point. And so, and the thing that was triggering me was watching, I was so mad and this is what happens when you're jealous, right? Mm-hmm. Like you get these intense feelings and you have like, sometimes you have no outlet and then you create all these kinds of stories. Uh, so mine was the unchecked the, narrative, unchecked narrative. The two of you were sleeping peacefully and I was like, Oh, I'm having all these feelings. And like, I was feeling like shitty and I'm like, mm. look at them. So peaceful. And then you get like, you build up and get super angry. Well, as, as you often point out, right. You're uh, creating a stack of evidence that's unchecked that, you know, it's, there's nothing else to counter it. So mm-hmm. you can just like pile it on, pile it on and really feel as though I am really right and feeling the way I feel. And there's no countering to it. There's no alerting ourselves to it. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So as I paced the floor thinking about all these things, I was like, you know, the, the jealousy was building and it could have, this could have like totally ended our experience in non-monogamy mm. or being together or being together. You could have said, I can't, I can't deal with this and this guy. So yeah. yeah. But I think the good thing, the good part is, is that because we had already set up some good foundation for communication, mm-hmm. yeah. we were able to talk about it and then figure out what it was that was triggering me to feel jealous. And I think mm-hmm. that's the big key of it. And that's some, some of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So yeah. Is jealousy the unwanted third in your relationship? Mm-hmm. So I would love to hear from you what you think. Not yeah. the not the sexy threesome you were thinking of. <laughs> yeah, not the sexy threesome. Yeah, sometimes that threesome is jealousy, and it really can feel like that. That it's the thing that is in 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 the way mm-hmm. of your relationship. But you know, you bring up a good point. If we would have simply said, "Oh, I tasted it. I don't like it," then we'd be done with it. Uh, we would have never known all of the the pleasures that we've known. Some of heartache as well. But you know, mm-hmm. we would not have had this this journey to it. So one of the many things that we say is, well, you should always consider trying everything twice, right? If it's not really uh, going to be life-threatening or everything, keep an open mind to it. But again, it comes back to number one, what you'd said is that we were able to talk about it. We did already have a pretty good foundation for communication. We weren't implying, uh, employing things like uh, nonviolent communication or uh, communication attunement, but we already had a pretty good base and a willingness to it. And then we were able to develop it through using things like that, really hone in and find out like, how can we get to those 
points a little bit quicker? How can we really identify what the components are so we can unpack that and be happy? Yeah, and we're mm. gonna talk about that in just a bit. But mm -hmm. I think the communication bit is the is the key. And I think everyone we've worked with, it's like when they, they really learn the communication, they're like, ah, yes, this actually does solve a mm. lot of things. Not everything, there's other things, key components you have to have in place, but it is so essential. Mm -hmm. And it's also important to know when not to communicate as well. Mm. So we will talk about that too. Mm, but let's go into yeah. jealousy, because people yeah. are like, oh, jealousy is just one thing. And it really isn't. And I yeah. think that's the thing you have to really understand about your own jealousy, like what's really triggering mm -hmm. it. Because jealousy is just an umbrella term for a, like a wide range of emotions you might feel. And I think in the case of consensual non-monogamy, you're having those feelings in the midst of, you know, when your partner or partners might be having other connections, either sexual or emotional, yeah. intimate with other people, and you might feel threatened in some way. Mm -hmm. So and, not a single feeling. Yeah, no. And understandably so, but it's interesting, right? Let's, let's jump into jealousy. And yet, uh, very often, it's exactly the thing that people don't want to go to. They don't want to talk about it. It is uh, unknown. It is painful. They think they'll never be able to uh, go past it. So they might often want to avoid talking about it. Right. Uh, yes. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, it's like uh, most horror movies. When you don't see the monster, your imagination can run wild. But when you start to put a little light on it, you see after a while, oh, it's Freddy. It's like, whatever. Like I see him. It's not a big deal. So by talking about it, we can explore our feelings. We can get to understand what is actually driving it. Why am I feeling the way that I am feeling about it? And it's interesting because as you say, uh, being in an open relating relationship, polyamory, swing, whatever it is, it is right in the front of you, right? Whereas, uh, you might be in a uh, monogamous relationship, like a marriage, and you say, well, we've already sworn off this to other people. But that isn't to say that you might not still be catching feelings or pick up on, you know, oh, somebody hot mm -hmm. walked by and you get alerted to it. And it maybe isn't as easy to say, hey, I had a feeling that you might have had some interest there. It made me feel insecure. Whereas when we are open like this, hopefully we are open to talking as well and say, well, you know, here is this other third person. It is acknowledged. I can see them. I can touch them. They're right there. So I can really have proof about my feelings rather than just saying, uh, it's just a feeling. Right. So it's, sometimes it makes it a little bit easier, actually, is what I'm trying to say in that long-winded way. <laughs> That's awesome. Getting, 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 uh, by the sideline here, I'm getting some views from our producers that, you know, come on, Andre, hurry it up. Roll it, roll it. <laughs> All right. So jealousy. So not a single feeling, but maybe a more complex one. So it can, so usually it's an expression of something else. Mm -hmm. So some of the things are, can be, it can be an expression of insecurity. Oh, yeah. So it can be sure. about your body. It could be about your relationship or about yourself. Mm -hmm. So it could be uncertainty. So there could be some sort of worry. Is the relationship on steady ground? So maybe that's mm -hmm. really what's fueling your jealousy. And yeah. And then maybe all the fears go into yeah. fear. So yeah. fears, that's a well, big one. Yeah. You might fear that you're going to be rejected, right? You might be like, uh, not no longer desired so much, right? You could have a uh, fear of abandonment, right? Where are they going to find the other person uh, more desired and want to go with them? Or uh, if they have a choice between me and them, are they going to go to the other person? So you might feel uh, abandonment and that might be uh, old baggage that you have. Maybe you have had the history of that and now it's only alerted even that much more, right? Mm -hmm. What else might you fear? So fear of the unknown. Mm. So like you mm. said, what if what if someone's better than you? What if I can't adapt to this life? And mm -hmm. I think that's something when people are like experiencing feelings, they're like, oh, maybe I'm not going to be able to do this. Right. You know, mm -hmm. um, you can fear that the worst thing that you could ever imagine is going to happen, like you'll be left or something mm -hmm. else. And then there's the fear of being of being left out. So FOMO. So somebody's yes. having fun without me, I'm left out, that sort of thing. 
Yeah, I, th- I think I've experienced it for sure. FOMO, you've had a couple of dates and I thought like, oh, wow, like, you know, what am I doing? How come I'm not, you know, I'm not having the same amount of fun. But then in retrospect, I might ask myself quite honestly, well, what have I done uh, to prepare myself for when you go out? Because it is what we do. We open early. You go out sometimes with people. I sometimes go out with people. We sometimes do it together. But what have I put in place, right? So uh, if you are going out and I usually have pretty good, uh, notice that mm-hmm. you're going to go out. It's not a Part last minute thing. <laughs> then I might, you know, uh, call my boys and say, Hey, let's hang out. Let's do whatever. So I can put things, or I could simply hang in the closet and say, Oh, wow. Everybody in the world is having fun, but me. And I'm, you know, uh, I'm kind of responsible for that. So what's my uh, part in that? What can I do to counter these uh, invitations to jealousy? We'll find out about that a little bit later. No, we're not going to go into that. We're not going today. to go into that. Not but today. it is in our course, <laughs> in our digital course. And we do have other trainings that we talk a bit more about how to address and what to, uh, feelings of jealousy, mm-hmm. other than communication, mm-hmm. what you could do mm-hmm. like that, prepare right. yourself for these moments. So. Right. And then uh, even made like a physical sexual safety, right? Like what about, uh, you know, STI concerns? Some mm-hmm. people, uh, that comes into their feelings of jealousy as well, right? Their own physical uh, safe, yep. safety. Yep. Meeting strangers. Right, sure. Um, feelings of not being good enough. Compare and despair, for sure. Compare and despair. When doesn't that happen? Doesn't everybody somehow feel like that? Or maybe there's some people who you think don't? I don't know. I feel it's, even if someone's not conscious of it, I think some of us, I think all of us have sometimes that feeling of not being Mm. good enough. Or even by our own comparisons, right? We think that we could do better and we're not good enough. Yeah. And you mentioned compare and despair, but sometimes compare and despair can be like what's in front of you. So say you're at an event together and you're seeing something happen in front Mm. of you or what's in the imagination. And the imagination can sometimes even be worse. Like you can imagine like all these fantastic things that your partner's doing and while you're sitting at home and being sad or whatever it is, right? So that can be behind some of those feelings. Yeah. But you know, for me again, uh, hearing that it's what we just said. It's like, well, you can simply just be at home feeling sad for yourself and that's within your rights, or you can do something proactive to offset the degrees or feelings that are coming up, right? You can actually uh, not have to be a participant, but you can be an active, I said participant, you can be a participant rather than just an observer. And you can uh, actually determine the level of jealousy. You can do things about it. It's not as though it has power over you. You yeah. are not powerless towards it. Yeah, we always have power mm, to, make a, cho- to make a choice For and sure. to do something else. So, yeah. All right. So sometimes it's a feeling of inadequacy. Mm-hmm. There might be a feeling of loss of specialness or value. So when there's multiple partners, you might start to feel like if you've been, if you, if say you've opened up an existing relationship that you're non, no longer um, special or valued, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And that's something to work through. There could also be envy. So you might want something that somebody else has. And then there can be territoriality, Ooh. competitive. This oh, is yeah. my partner, you know, mm-hmm. and why are they with them? You know, ownership. Yeah. And there's sometimes mm-hmm. other things like um, ego sometimes comes into play. And then sometimes people are jealousy is quite interesting. I just I'm mentioning this is not in our notes, but like it comes up sometimes we hear a lot in other groups and people who are talking to us is that, you know, if it's a, a, a male, female couple, like a, you know, and the male might be okay if their female partner sees other females, but might have a hard time if it's other mm. male identifying people. That's right. True. And so there can be that sort of part of it too. And mm. even when you recognize it, you're like, this is crazy. Like why, why is it different? But it may be something, right? Mm-hmm. So I know that does come up for people. So, yeah. yeah. Would it matter to you uh, if the uh, male presenting person you were seeing, uh, what sex they went on a date? 
if they were to see other women or other men for me no i i don't have i don't have that but i feel like i've worked we've worked through a lot of things <laughs> together so i'm sort of open to either but i i can see how it might it might be for some reason mm -hmm. um some people get the idea that another person that has the same parts as you might be more threatening than someone who doesn't mm -hmm. um, whereas it can be they can be just as threatening and you know it's, it's so interesting it's, it's interesting you said because then uh there's the argument that the other person might say, well, I, that other person, I'm jealous of them because they have things that I could never offer the other person. Yeah. And right? that could so, be true too, yeah. right? They can both be true. But both of them, it's an indicator that the other person is going to have something more or better than what I have. Exactly. So it makes me feel insecure. And then I want to say too, is that if you're having these feelings, like this is no judgment here. We just want you to be aware of yeah. where they might be coming from. And we've all had them. It's not like it's unique. If you're having any of these experiences, trust me, it's common. And that's mm. why we talk about jealousy so much because I, it is a common feeling people experience. Yeah. And it's also something that you'll, unfortunately, never, ever be completely free of. It may come back at any time, almost like the weather, right? One day it's sunny, 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 and then all of a sudden it's cloudy and then sunny again. But uh, having walked through it, I know that it is survivable. And I know that there are quite a few things that I can do to help combat those overwhelming feelings. So I'm not just, uh, you know, prone to it again. Oh, that's a good point, actually. You reminded oh. me. One of the myths in polyamory or consensual non-monogamy mm -hmm. is that you have to have like 100% compersion. Mm -hmm. So compersion, if you're not familiar with that term, is um, having joy and happiness for your partner's mm -hmm. joy and happiness. I take pleasure in your pleasure. Take pleasure in their pleasure. And so mm -hmm. some people put this up as the ideal right. to, you know, to achieve and that you must have compersion in order to be successful in consensual non-monogamy. And so I think... Well, in a way, you're setting yourself up because if you don't hit that target, then are you going to simply find fault with yourself and pass judgment and say, oh, I'm lousy at opening uh, relating? Yeah. Like I would say I have pretty good conversion, but like you said, once in a while, like something mm -hmm. about something might trigger some feelings of jealousy. But mm. that's when knowing what it is and having like the awareness of what could be causing it and thinking about it and then talking about it is a great tool. Right. So. Having the awareness of well, also what you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to just simply uh, endure these painful feelings and think, well, they're going to be like this forever and there's nothing I can do about it. In fact, it's just the opposite. Yeah, exactly. I think sometimes people, when they open up a relationship, they don't think they're going to be jealous because they've never been jealous before. And then they're kind of surprised. Mm -hmm. And it can actually trigger some feelings that you weren't expecting at all, even things around um, childhood attachment, right? right? So oh, attachment yeah, sure. is another huge thing we talk mm -hmm. about in um, our program, our digital course and our program, because it's really something to be aware of that you're bringing into your relationship. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's interesting, uh, the consideration of uh, jealousy and, you know, if it's going to be there uh, in open relating, maybe it is uh, more of an invitation than in other circumstances, it's true. But some people might say, well, I could never do open relating because of jealousy. Mm. So in a sense, they're saying, well, I want to maintain my level of jealousy. <laughs> so I will not go into it to, you know, uh, find a way of, of demystifying it or dealing with it. Because mm -hmm. what we're saying is, well, there is that element of jealousy, but it, you can right size it. You can make it so that it is uh, but a small pill and not this huge thing. Mm -hmm. But by saying, well, I could never venture into it because the considerations of jealousy have to remain intact. Well, then you are defeating yourself even out of it. And then you might still find jealousy in monogamous relationships. Yeah. Yeah. It's why we devote an entire module in both our uh, mm -hmm. digital course and our program on jealousy, understanding your jealousy and dealing with your insecurities. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
So knowing what is causing your jealousy and all that is one way of, you know, the first step I'd mm -hmm. say of addressing it. So, um, some, one thing we didn't mention in the list that we just talked about is new relationship energy because that can be something that's triggering, um, your jealousy as well. So NRE, new relationship energy. So um, the rush of feelings one experiences when uh, you get to know someone new. And so this is so common in consensual non-monogamy, especially I think if people are opening up an existing relationship or they've been monogamous for a long yeah. time, all of a sudden it's like there's this shiny new thing and it's super exciting mm -hmm. and you get that rush of like meeting someone new, yeah. which is amazing for the person experiencing it. But if you have a partner and this is fairly new to you, the partner may experience feelings of jealousy, um, um, not feeling important, mm -hmm. like other things, sure. right? Yeah. And it's amazing because, you know, even if you are the most thoughtful, most considerate partner, uh, you know, you're in this relationship and you know you're feeling it. And then all of a sudden, uh, there's these two really attractive or one partner in particular, and you want to be mindful and considerate of your partner, but there could be a chemical attraction so mm -hmm. strong that you can't even uh, suppress it or deny it if you wanted to. Yeah. And we pick up on that, right? Our unconscious is present. We get the idea, whoa, like, look at my partner react to this person. I can feel the, the you know, the magnetism between the two. Mm -hmm. And those NRE feelings could be uh, quite overwhelming and kind of threatening at times. Yeah. But again, uh, we work through it, right? We're able to recognize it and figure out uh, where we are in this and how we're able to continue. Yeah. Well, like when, you know, you're, you're, you know, when you are experiencing NRE, you might shift your focus completely to that other person. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so like you, and, and even if you're not shifting all your focus, it may seem to the other person that you're doing that. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you might be planning dates, doing exciting things, you know, like, um, uh, who was, Oh, my friend last night was telling me how um, for a while when she was working on her master's, the, um, she would be wearing the same track pants and sweatshirt every day. So her husband would see that. And then, you know, she would like every once in a while, she'd make plans with friends and she would go shower and put makeup on and, a dress clothes, yeah. and like go out. And I think at one point she said, he said to her like, hey, like, you know, I would really love for you mm. to dress up. And that's, you know, sometimes too. And she was like, ah, oh. you know, so it's not the same but it is the same and that's what happens so you mm -hmm. see that you see the person excited to go out or do things and it can make you feel like jealous or unwanted so. that's so true and that's then so true. but that's that's a good awareness too right mm -hmm. so uh, am i aware that i am fluffing myself for this fluffing <laughs> am i kind of like you know uh, grooming myself for this one person in ways that maybe I've been taking my partner kind of for granted. Well, mm -hmm. you know, I know they love me. Of course they're there. And like, you know, they're always there. Like that, they're like those old shoes in the corner. Yeah. I was actually thinking <laughs> that the other day with us, I was like, Oh, I, I should be more, you know, when I'm around the house, like instead of just sitting in my pajamas all day, mm. like maybe I should, you know, on a weekend, if I should do makeup and stuff. Like yeah. I wondered last night if you thought, oh, all day Tara sat around the house with no makeup and like, you know, comfy pants and a sweater. And then as soon as I went out to go out with my friends, I went upstairs and I brushed my hair I, and I, I did, did my makeup. I did, I did notice that. You did? I did so notice see? that. But, but, you know, right back at you because uh, I too have been kind of like lackadaisical and kind of, you know, uh, secure. And feeling that it's okay. It's funny, right? Because we talk about uh, attachment theory and stuff. And I always like to kid us now and say, well, we are securely attached enough that now we don't have to impress <laughs> each other. We can just put sweatpants on knowing that our love is secure. They'll love me even if I'm not, uh, you know, so uh, 
so well groomed as I might be if it was our first date. But that being said, we do have that awareness and we do plan date nights. Yes, and we do we go do. get dressed up and say, okay, we're going to make this. That on Friday. I even put on my good shoes. You did. <laughs> yeah. So like it could come up at any time. So imagine if instead of me going to see my friend, I was going on a date and you were like, oh man, all, you know, so you can see how it could happen. Right. Uh, but wait a second. What's the difference between you're going out on a date and you're going out to see a friend? You're both, uh, you know, with your friend, you love your friends. They love you. Yours a very true. high level of emotional investment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you don't have uh, physical sex or erotic sex, but there's still this uh, a large part of you in the investment in your emotional connection. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference whether we have sex That's or not? True. Or you could go out and just have like you know a one off, and it means nothing to you emotionally. It's so interesting, right? That consideration. Never mind. It's That's attention. a whole other. Yeah. Thing. I know. I caught myself. But for the person that also is experiencing the NRE, there are impacts as well. So you may start to question your other relationships. Mm -hmm. In fact, I heard from someone recently that um, that uh, their partner was experiencing so much NRE that they left their, you know, their primary mm -hmm. relationship, yeah. their marriage. They mm -hmm. separated because this other person seemed so amazing. And it does feel like that in the moment. Mm -hmm. Like I've had that experience. Like I, you know, it's no, it's oh, my necklace is crooked. You know, I probably mentioned this before that when I was married, when my husband, my husband was away for an entire summer and I ended up having an affair. And of course, that person seems so much more. And it's like they're there and they're present. And you're like, oh, and so this is what happens when, you know, you have NRE. You might start to think that, oh, well, what about this other relationship with this guy? Like maybe he's not mm -hmm. so great. And it really it can really have an impact on both people. So sure. that's why. Um, both jealousy and NRE can be addressed in part by um, communication. Yeah, definitely. So I'm just going to put this little slide. This is actually from when we did our um, Jealousy Freedom Masterclass. And maybe this is something we might do again. We can dive in a bit more into jealousy. But some of the things that you can lean into if feeling jealousy is um, building and practicing mm -hmm. effective communication. And that's pink because we're going to talk about it today. Uh, connection and quality time, clarity and reviews, and values-based agreements. So those are four key components um, that will help support dealing with uh, jealousy and NRE. But I think we'll start with, um, we'll just talk a bit about communication today. Mm -hmm. So we'll give you a quick um, overview of what we mean by effective communication. Again, we have an entire module right. in this in our Poly Newbies course and uh, in our Open Relationship and Polyamory Mastery course, we actually do exercises with people because mm -hmm. it includes life coaching with us. Yeah. We do exercises um, where you can practice this in front of us, which is super fun. And people are like, mm -hmm. oh, like we're like, oh, try again. And mm -hmm. yeah, anyways. So effective communication. So uh Here's some plug. here's mm -hmm. some ways of uh, what we mean by effective communication. So you're communicating effectively if it feels that you are being empathetic mm -hmm. and validating the other person's thoughts and feelings. Yeah. So uh, to have the feeling that you might understand where they are coming from, right? To really be able to appreciate their position, to validate how they are feeling. Yeah. yeah. So part Correct. of that is listening to them, reflecting on what they're saying and paraphrasing it back so that you ensure you mm -hmm. understand and then give clear, giving clear, honest and immediate feedback without using some destructive communication practices, right, right. which we're not going to go into, but I'm sure you can imagine them. But, but they are very important to uh, familiar self, your, familiarize yourself with because unfortunately they do often slip into our 
uh, kind of everyday ways of speaking. It's unfortunate, but there is a lot of, uh, I'll say, violence in the way that people communicate at times. But let's go back to the uh, idea of being uh, reflective in it, right? And paraphrasing. So very often, I love the example and say, well, uh, Tara, you know, you, uh, if I understood you correctly, what I heard was this, and then I will try to reiterate what it is that you were saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what's beautiful about that is it shows you that I was making an effort to listen and be present, but also it gives you and me the opportunity for clarification. Well, actually, Andre, that's not quite what I was saying. You got the, the ballpark, but here's really what I wanted to say. And they say, okay, uh, that didn't impress me. I don't understand what you're saying. And then you say it again and say, oh, okay, now I'm getting it. And, yeah. Right. So, but it's, you know, it's really checking the ego too, this, right? Putting it aside because we all think we're great communicators. Of course I listen well. I'm always listening. Yeah, uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I was smiling because I was thinking about sometimes if I say something to you, I said, did you hear, like, did you hear what I said? And you'll repeat it back exactly. And then not actually, you weren't actually listening. So I actually have to stop and, and check I, in. Sometimes. I do that. Yeah. I, I, do that. Well, I hear that and I will make a better effort to try and listen and really be more present. I think you've been doing that more yeah. <laughs> lately, but I, I noticed a couple of times you're like, yeah, you said blah, 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 blah. And mm. I'm like, but what did, what, what do you think about that? And you're, and you're like, what did you say? So another good point. Here we are, the so-called sexperts and all this. <laughs> and we also make these errors. So you too will make errors. And that's not about being perfect. It's about the uh, attempt at it, right? And trying to progress. Exactly. And we learn through doing so. Exactly. And let's let's be gentle with each other. Right? Let's cut each other some, uh, you know, a wide berth here. We're trying. And also be gentle with ourselves as well. Yeah. So yeah. we talked about asking for feedback when you're sharing. Mm and sharing, sharing thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. And then this is an important one, staying focused on yes. one issue or theme at a time. Right, we don't want so to be stacking the dishes. Not stacking all the dishes. Mm -hmm. So we talked a bit about this, asking clarifying questions to ensure <laughs> understanding. So you talked about that. Being open-minded and reserving judgment. Mm -hmm. So making sure we're not uh, practicing our response and we're really listening to what the person says. You know, you really want to hear them out. You know, that's such a good point, practicing our response. So uh, very often it's been uh, observed that when we are communicating, something you say triggers an idea or a thought or response in me, and then I'm stop to listen so I can get ready for my response. Mm -hmm. And I'm not listening to what you're saying, which is also kind of going back to the other part about not stacking. So we want to do one idea at a time, right? Yeah. But uh, have I stopped actually trying to be present and hearing what you're saying simply because I'm uh, formulating my rebuttal. Yeah. Or you're saying you're judging and saying that's not mm -hmm. right. How could they think that, that, you know what I mean? And then right. you start to be, that thoughts start to swirl. Sure. So it's really a practice, mm. you know, and that's why when we teach our attunement communication, it's really stepped out and it seems a bit foreign when we, when you learn it, but mm -hmm. it's like really about one thing at a time, one person sharing, one person listening and responding, like saying it back yeah. and then all that stuff. So, yeah. So um, assertive, not aggressive messages. So we're not wanting to be aggressive, but we may want to really share what it is we want. Um, being aware of nonverbal messages. So eye contact, body language mm -hmm. and tone of voice. Um, and thinking before you speak. So you want to sometimes have, sometimes you have to edit your comments to avoid mm -hmm. conflict and provocation. So you have to think about what the other person might be bringing into the situation, for example. It, it makes me think immediately of the golden rule, right? Mm -hmm. Treat others as you'd like to be treated. So when you're about to say something, how would you receive it? 
if you were to, you know, be if you were on the other end of that, right? So uh, you can get your point across, but it can be tempered with some consideration and compassion as well. Okay, and so we have more, 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 more. more. Effective communication. This is the last slide on this. So sometimes you may have to stop mm -hmm. the conversation. So maybe you start, you're starting to escalate. Mm. And so one of the things that's good to have is some sort of chosen phrase or some way <laughs> of stopping each other when you feel like things are escalated. Yes. Um, so that you know, and agreeing to come back at a at another time. So this isn't stop like okay, we're not going to address this anymore. This is stop. We need to um, we need to reset and then start again. And so you have to find a way of, of doing this that feels good so that you're just not like, I can't talk to you right now. Like, right. it's got to be a way of doing it gently to each other mm -hmm. in order to bring it back. And again, it's a practice. So. Yeah, sure. So um, being committed to positive communication, even if upset, angry and frustrated. So that's where knowing if you have to stop or, you know, really trying to focus in on listening and communicating well and using all those I statements, mm -hmm. I and you. Yes. Um, uh, what, what's the difference between the I and the you? Well, when we say you, it sounds accusatory. Right. Okay. Oh, I thought there was a joke in there. <laughs> oh, it, well, we'll make it into one. We'll figure it away. But when I, uh, we come to the, to the uh, scenario and uh, it unfolded, this happened, whatever happened. And I said, well, you did that and you feel that and you do this and you're that. It's now you have to defend yourself. Whereas when I, I can reframe it, I say, well, when that happened, I felt that or I thought maybe this or I saw this, then we can, uh, no. Yes. Okay. Uh, then, <laughs> then it really uh, becomes much less uh, confrontational or combative, right? It's not my pointing the finger at you. And by the other way, I'm pulling a lot of 12-step uh, uh scenario um jargons no what are the uh, cliches they say like when you're saying the i and the you when you uh, point your finger at somebody and you say you there's three fingers pointing back uh three point, fingers pointing back yourself <sighs> tongue tied this morning um <laughs> so anyway it's, it's good to know like how much of this are we uh, putting out there and what's our partner absolutely which was a great i was smiling because it was a great segue <laughs> into nonviolent communication okay and so nonviolent communication is a four-step process where you um, identify four different things so this is where that i and me mm -hmm. so for example when i hear or see this or when this happens so that's your observations so those are the things that are sort of like factual like mm -hmm. when i when uh, you go on it. You, you can use you in that situation, like when you go on a date or when I notice that um, you've been texting while we're out di for dinner or something like that. So observations, it's like a fact. I feel trying to be objective about objective it. Objective mm -hmm. about it. Yeah, okay. I feel and then this is like these are what my feelings Subjective. are. I feel mm -hmm. this, I feel whatever, because I am needing. So the fourth, the third part is needs. So I need this in that moment. And then would you be willing to, and then the request. So it's observation, feeling, need, and request. So that's kind of the, the nonviolent communication process. Mm -hmm. So for example, we had an example. So for NRE, so you might say, um, when you're excited and making plans with your new partner, while I'm happy for you, while I'm happy for you, I feel a little left out and worried that our relationship mm -hmm. is becoming less important. Mm -hmm. So that's when something's happened, situation, mm -hmm. and then uh, how I feel, mm -hmm. I feel this. I'm not saying that you are leaving me out or you think that our relationship is less important. I'm saying mm -hmm. I feel left out 
and I'm worried about this, right? So what I'm needing in that moment is to feel a connection. I, I need to feel a connection with you. Mm -hmm. So how would you feel about spending um, quali more quality time together? For example, I'd love it if uh, we we planned regular fun dates together. So we have something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. So that's the request. Yeah. So it's a different way of framing it rather than saying you did this and mm. you, do, you never want to spend quality time with me. All you're doing is talking to your partner. Like there's really nowhere to go with that, yeah, sure. right? But the other one uh, sounds much more uh, collaborative and I'm inviting you to know uh, where I'm coming from, what I'm feeling, and then it's an invitation to work together on it. And what can we do uh, collaboratively? Yeah. How could we uh, address this? I think quality time is a really good thing when people are experiencing NRA because people will say, mm. well, if you're living with someone, well, I see them all the time. We have tons of quality time, mm. but I think it's a different, it's different quality time is really focused quality time, right? Sure. Yeah. And that can be something that's part of your values-based agreement. And if you have an importance on quality time, so yeah. Yeah. So there's tons of other things to think about when having these conversations. So when you're feeling jealousy or someone's having NRE, obviously communication, effective communication and using nonviolent communication are awesome things mm -hmm. to learn and practice. There's other things like timing, tone, turf, tempo. tempo. Mm -hmm. um, we do talk about those in some of our other trainings, but these are just some starting points for you to consider. So what do you mean by like turf? What what do you mean? How is that part of uh, the turf. just as an example? What would you say about turf? Um, so turf might be like where to have the conversation. Uh, yes. So thinking about where a good place is to have the conversation. Mm. So if you're feeling that um, your partner's spending more time with someone or maybe they're having more, they're not you're not having sex with, together or something like that because of that, the t the turf. For that might not be the bedroom. Uh, yes. You know what I mean? That might not. So usually turf is somewhere more neutral to have mm. the conversation. And timing is like not when your feelings are escalated. So like, for example, you know, your partner's out on a date, you have all these experience, you're having all these feelings. And as soon as they walk in the door and they're like, all like, oh, good time, blah, blah, blah. and you're like, you idiot, blah. you know mm. what I mean? Like that's probably when you're escalated is probably not the best right. time. Yeah, things to consider. Because then it'll be your tone will be off and it'll be and your tempo will probably mm -hmm. be off too. Mm -hmm. So those are some points to consider. So there's other trainings in on our YouTube page and um, in our Let's Talk Polyamory private group. Um, but if you need uh, more support in jealousy or communication, you can check out our poly newbies course. Hmm. Um, so it's at courses.letstalkpolyamory.com forward slash poly newbies course. So that's a completely digital online course that you can do at your own speed, which has trainings and exercises and everything you need to get started. Or even if you've already started and are not a newbie, help you work through some of these things like jealousy and insecurity and learn how to communicate. Awesome. Um, yeah. And so a little bit of homework for you. Um, given all the things we said today, um, we'll leave you with that. So what things are causing you to feel jealous or insecure mm -hmm. or are there things, or if you haven't opened your relationship and you're new, what things do you anticipate? Cause that's also an important thing to, sure. to figure out. Right. Mm -hmm. And then how might you communicate your feelings with your partner yeah. using nonviolent communication? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's something to consider. Right? Yeah, what's it going to be like? Uh, we've been partnered for a thousand years, and I've never seen you kiss anybody else. And now we're going to go to an event, and there's good likelihood that uh, you might be kissing them, you might be hugging them, you might be doing a whole lot of things. How are we going to feel about that? Well, can we talk about it first and explore these ideas? And you know, what safeguards or provisions do we have in place for yeah, all those things? Make so, a plan yeah. For it. yeah. yeah. So if you need support, reach out. But otherwise, mm-hmm. thank you for wa- for watching and listening to the Let's Talk Poly podcast. Yay. Have a fantastic day. Hey there, friends. So if you want to open up a relationship, explore polyamory, or even swinging, and want to set up a secure foundation so that you can avoid some common newbie mistakes, check out our Poly Newbies digital course at courses.letstalkpolyamory forward slash Polly Newbies course. You can also DM us and set up time to chat or ask us any questions you have. Thanks for listening to the Let's Talk Polly podcast. Give us some love.